Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for the Netflix original film, The Killer. Stick to the plan, trust no one, forbid empathy, anticipate, don't improvise, stick to the plan. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me today for this spoiler-free review is one of the many killer dudes I call co-hosts to this podcast, <laughs> Mr. Nate Shelton. How are you, my friend? Ah, uh, killer, dude. <laughs> Killer, dude. Like, not exactly the vibe at all for this movie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for love sure. It. Um, well, before we get into discussing this movie, um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, we are talking about a David Fincher film today, uh, which has me excited. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten a good Fincher film, and, you know, this definitely fills a large hole in my heart because uh, I have missed his storytelling and his his style of storytelling, which is so memorable. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you of his filmography, of his movies, which one did you find uh, the most memorable? Um, I mean, I think the social network is definitely up there as like it's. I think it in in my mind it's one of his most accessible works uh, for people who maybe are like, hey, where do I start with a a David Fincher? And then if you want to get into some of like the the more you know crazy stuff, I think Zodiac is probably one that. That sticks out for me. Um, but I think the I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer, but like Fight Club is just it's the it's the movie, I think, uh, if you're going to want to, you know, kind of have somebody uh, start off if they really want to get into the the, the fincherness mm -hmm. uh, of it all. And I think it's funny because I, I didn't watch Fight Club for the longest time and just had so many people. I, I think I'm pretty sure it was even one of those movies uh, back when we did like a podcast episode of like things we're ashamed to admit <laughs> we haven't watched. I'm pretty sure Fight Club was one of mine. And uh, since watching it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one that, I mean, it's it's Fight Club. It's, there's a reason that millions of, uh, you know, people, when that movie came out, had posters up in their college dorm rooms. For sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like that's another career-defining film for uh, Fincher. I, I think, obviously, Seven being kind of well, one of the first movies that really does set uh, sort of the bar of of the type of filmmaker that Fincher is, and you know, to your point, as you get through his filmography, you come to something like Social Network that is that is definitely very accessible. I think Seven and Fight Club are probably the most memorable of his movies in my mind, just mm -hmm. in terms of just the first watching experience and just being so immersed uh, in it, and you know, to see his style continue and his his sort of creepy oddball at time too in terms of approach of how he tells his stories um i think he's a bit of a weirdo uh, <laughs> in certain yeah. aspects and i think the idea of um when you watch a fincher movie you definitely get that sense that it's a david fincher film <laughs> um and I very much felt that about this movie, which we will uh, talk about in detail. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I just want to quickly pause here uh, and mention that we are still amidst 
a actors strike the sag aftra strike is still going on um but we here at geek centric do support the sag aftra as they strike to get the contract that they deserve uh as we'll discuss today uh without those actors uh, we wouldn't have fantastic characters that we adore and and root for or even hate at times and the actors uh deserve a fair contract that reflects today's growing industry changes uh and we're thrilled that the the wga has successfully Mm -hmm. gotten the contract that they bargained for um so we hope that the seg after will reach an agreement soon with the studios uh hopefully in the coming weeks Uh, they seem to be back at the bargaining table uh based on the date of the this recording um but let me give you some details about this movie the killer uh the synopsis reads after a fateful near miss an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. Uh, as mentioned, this is directed by David Fincher. Uh, screenplay, screenplay is by Andrew Kevin Walker, and it's based on the graphic novel series, The Killer, written by Alexis Nolant, uh, a.k.a. Mats, and illustrated by Luc Jacquemont, originally published in the French language uh, the by uh, by the editors at Casterman. Um, this stars Michael Fassbender, Charles Parnell, Arliss Howard, Sophie Charlotte, and Tilda Swinton. The Killer is in select theaters as of today, October 27th, and on Netflix on November 10th. As always, a huge thanks to our friends at Netflix Canada for inviting us out to this press screening in theater. Uh, it was very enjoyable to see a, a David Fincher movie in the theater today's review we're going to kind of just run with what worked and what didn't work um and i think i'd love to kick things off by just talking about one of the things that that really worked and i was kind of hinting at it before is that fincher style uh it's definitely on full display in this film from cinematography to sound design to the score everything about this movie feels very david fincher uh, especially the cinematography, the way the cameras are are positioned and angled, the intensity and the sort of uncomfortable nature of some of the shots. The lighting felt very David Fincher-esque in, in a lot of ways. Uh, the cinematographer for this movie is the same cinematographer that Fincher worked with on Mank, uh, Eric Messerschmidt, who I believe won the Oscar for Mank, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um while the shots and, and, the, and the intimacy and the intensity feels so Fincher, you know, you know Messerschmitt is working with the collaborative mind uh, and, and understanding uh, Fincher. And, you know, when you see some of these kill shots in, in this movie, you know, the way the cameras are, are positioned, the, the intensity, the lighting, it just all screams david fincher so it's it's so good well you know how like sometimes people you know people get uncomfortable when they're maybe uh getting in in other people's bubbles i think uh we're very much in the killer's bubble Bubble. uh throughout most of this movie i think it's it's dark it's uh it's the way the camera was as you mentioned it's very slick um and the the shots are just really meant to keep you right there as close to the killer as possible in a way that that feels um really real, really grounded and, and uh, intimate at times, um, which it's, it's just one of those interesting things because, you, you know, I think the, the biggest aspect about this movie is that, that concept, that uneasy feeling of, of, you know, following this main character who's not a good person. 
<laughs> in, in you know so many words he's 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 uh he is a killer um and i think that's one of the that's one of the many ways um that the movie kind of uh sort of subverts that expectation of of you know having you you're not following a hero in this sense and and it, it helps to keep you sort of uncomfortable throughout which i thought was really nice yeah absolutely i think that you know the the key word there that i really love that you use there is intimate because mm -hmm. it's 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 intimate in more than just its cinematography it's intimate in terms of its its level of storytelling like like you said we're inside this bubble with the killer you know it's it's very up close and personal as we start to learn more and more about him um you know going off of again just things that harken to the david fincher vibe you know this is again another movie that he is collaborating with uh trent reznor and atticus ross oh yeah on the score uh which was again fantastic absolutely top tier um sort of like again uncomfortable at times the sort of uh ambient noises and the way that music very much guides the emotions of of the scenes but then you know you have that coupled with fantastic sound design the sound mm -hmm. design in this movie was stellar um again such an attention to that detail which almost feels like a mirror or a parallel to that of the of the character that is the killer uh you know there's such a meticulous nature to both of you know the how the killer approaches his 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 tasks and there's such a meticulous nature to how this film was put together uh from the aspect of the cinematography and the score from trent and atticus to the sound design as well it's just it's an immersive experience and i'm grateful to have seen this movie in a theater well i mean audibly yeah like the you can you can almost hear the weight of some of his equipment or or you know the the sort of the the really tactile like clicks that you hear as he's you know screwing a, a silencer onto his pistol and um, yeah you can feel the weight of it like you said like yeah. there's a shot where he's screwing on a silencer to to a larger rifle and it sounds like it's heavy absolutely but I think in in line with that score and, and talking about sort of again just all the different ways this movie can kind of give you that uneasy feeling I think we're we're getting the the daily life of this killer and there's you know droning strings and and muffled uh beats that kind of sound like it sounds like if you were being suffocated with a pillow while listening to the score of like a of, of this movie like it there's moments where it just sort of sounds like or maybe you're like underwater in in certain moments too and um i think it's just it's it's interesting i think it's it's really interesting it's not a soundtrack that i'm necessarily like I want to listen to on the regular but it it does fit perfectly with this film and I think it helps you to feel that that level of tension uh in scenes especially uh where the killer actually uh kills people spoiler alert uh yeah. but he does kill people <laughs> yeah <for> uh, sure. <laughs> yeah yeah I think the approach to this film was was handled well um and and I think you know it made sense for Fincher to come in and execute this in a, in a manner that felt like he could do some of his best work or the work that he's comfortable with in terms of of telling a very simple story which when we get to things that maybe didn't work that that kind of took me by surprise but um let's keep going with some positives here fazbender uh yeah. and, and the cast in 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 the entirety you know we, we also have uh tilda swinton uh mm -hmm. we also uh we also have uh charles parnell um who who's absolutely great um i think fazbender is like doing his best dark comedy motif in this 
this movie. Like he's not purposely being funny. Sure. But he's funny, right? Yeah. Like there's just an air of comedic tone to his demeanor and, and it really comes down to the narrated bits where we're inside the killer's head. Um but it's definitely dark humor. It's not like side splitting. Well, Justin, there was a guy in front of us at our screening who was busting his guts every time uh you know uh, the, the killer uses multiple aliases and has different IDs and each one references a different character from a 1980s TV show uh, and that guy was laughing every single time. I, I was like there were a couple moments where like I was a bit tired during the screening and like he definitely kept me awake every time. For sure. Bust the gut. I think that's great, though, that at least that individual was able to uh, recognize and identify those names. Uh, because, again, these those things are put there for people to maybe get a chuckle. But uh, to your point, he was definitely enjoying it more than anticipated. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, there's also, uh, as you said, some really dark humor. Um, you know, I think one of my favorites is like something to the to the effect of like, why can't they all just be nice, quiet, like drownings? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, I think, again, I think the the dark humor definitely works. It's definitely not, um, it's definitely not overplayed or, or anything like that. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, Michael Fassbender is perfect for this role. I think he he definitely carries the movie. He's, he's smooth. He looks good. Uh, and in a dark way, he's kind of charming. Again, you, it's part of that uneasy feeling of like, I like this guy, but also I shouldn't like this guy. And um, and I think he's he's cool. He's you know he's calculated. He's he's meticulous. He's nimble. Um, and I think the closest character that I can relate to him, uh, for me at least as a big Dexter fan, would be Dexter. I think the way that his character is introduced is very much like the first episode of mm -hmm. Dexter, if you've seen the series, with him spouting off facts all based around numbers as he's sort of trying to convey the idea that, like, the world is corrupt and bleak and, you know, what he's doing isn't isn't that bad in the in the grand scheme of things and how people are always dying and being born constantly so does any of it actually matter yes. and uh and I, I think it 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 just really helps to sort of set the the tone for the movie with with michael fassbender it just kind of again i, I just think he's perfect in this role and i i'm i'm happy that we got to see him on screen yeah he's he's fantastic and the whole opening of this movie like the first i guess the first act if you will uh to your point we spend a lot of time in the bubble of the killer and the first act of this movie is very much that introduction, this Hitchcockian style narration with this sort of ponderous wonder. Uh, we're learning more about the methodology and the psychology of, of the character within the first act of the movie. Um, and I think again, Fazbender delivers on all fronts and in that internal narration being kind of where we see a, more of the dark humor side, right? Like that's where we kind of get this unraveling of who the person is that is the killer because he has no name in this movie. His credit is the, the killer. killer. Yeah. Uh, so like <laughs> the idea that he represents a person, right? Um, I think is handled well in how Fassbender executes the character and 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 delivers something that again to your point is inherently perfect for him to play because he's he's played probably iterations of this character in some way or another Absolutely. but he's pushing boundaries a little bit more by I think bringing a, a bit more of a, a sense of groundedness to the character because I don't think of this guy as like super spy killer type 
No, no, he, you know what I mean. Definitely, he's, he's out there. He's making mistakes, and that's the yeah. whole point of this movie. Is it's like we get to sort of see one mistake that leads to a terrible week for this guy. Uh, and I think like the other part that sort of really freaks me out about just how how just he's like a chameleon. Like he fits so well within any surrounding that, he, that he's in. And what's really scary is like you know I've worked in retail for for over ten years. You worked in retail alongside me for a long time, and we've probably interacted with a few people who are also killers. Like that's that's one of the things that like as I'm watching this movie, I'm sitting there like just kind of that's a, such a terrifying thought to have. And I again, it just goes along with the the uneasy feelings that the movie will will give to you as you watch it. That's the oddball weirdo side of Fincher that he kind of subtly is implementing in this story to kind of focus on is that this guy there's not really anything special about this guy and he could be your neighbor do you know what i mean like that's that's sort of the reality of this killer could be anyone which is why he has no name he has no no uh, real sense of character he's a a person Mm -hmm. and we are along the way and again michael fassbender is is great um you know i I think tilda swinton as uh, her accredited character is the expert um, I think this is where we got to see some acting off, if you will, yes. uh, for, yeah, for Fassbender. And it I was think nice. that it was a nice sort of break in, in the story because, you know, we, as I mentioned in the synopsis, we are kind of focusing on a bit of a revenge story here. Uh, and, and if you're familiar with those revenge stories, uh, which, you know, you've seen in East Asian films, uh, you've seen them here in, in, in the Hollywood films, they have a certain sort of structure. And I, I think that this structure, this film you know, adopts a lot of that structure, but it takes things a little bit different. You got Fincher, you got Fassbender. Um, so at a certain point, we're introduced to the expert and we start to see this sort of acting off of each other moment between Fassbender and Tilda. And I think that that was great. I think it was uh, a good sort of um, palate cleanser, if you will, in the movie that kind of set resets you for the next bit of the movie that happens after that. Yeah, it was really nice to to see her show up. I actually didn't going into this. I didn't know she was in the movie, um, so it was really nice. Well, you know, I did the the Leo meme of you know, look, I know who that is. Um, but uh, but I thought you know, um, the only other sort of thing that I wanted to shout out that I really did enjoy, um, and I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but it it really worked was um, the kills. I think the kills are gut-wrenching nothing like you know if people are I I remember uh before we went to go see this Kevin was like kind of on on edge about seeing it because he was like oh another John Wick style movie um but this is nothing like John Wick and especially from the standpoint of the kills they are they're brutal um and there's a lot of space between each one as the killer is essentially um sort of uh, you know, meticulously planning out all these different steps to then take out uh, these people. And, you know, you can see the sort of the switch in the moment uh, whenever he realizes he's got exactly what he needs from them. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's, it is one of the, the, I, I guess kind of, it, it is the driving force of the movie is these sort of chapters. Each chapter is sort of, um, uh, bookended, if you will, by an introduction and then a kill. And it, it, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I think to your point, you you brought up John Wick, which I think is 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 great because this is nothing like that. No, yeah, even if action. the commercial, even if the the sorry the the ads make you think it is, yes, it's not for <laughs> sure. I, I think um, this is more thoughtful uh, than something like John Wick. Um, again, this is about a person uh, who is in this world, his methodology, his his uh, process, if you will. 
Um, and to your point, the kill the kills are are vicious. They're quick. They're not in the sense of like drawn out. They're not, you know, this guy is doing this for uh, a job. Uh, and it very much shows in his etiquette and his demeanor and how he he kills these people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 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 method is is definitely sound. Uh, and I think what you're getting here rather than, you know, just him killing off bad guys style of something like John Wick, there's purpose mm-hmm. and there's a sense of reason uh, beyond just revenge. Uh, I think, and I think it's it's very much uh, in line with understanding his relationship with each of these characters as he moves through, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't help also, too, going back to this idea of revenge stories. You know, this isn't like a Kill Bill either. You right. know what I mean? Like, you know, that also had a lot of vicious kills and definitely follows the structure of, like, the chapters and, and finding each of these people. Um, so this is definitely far different from that. And I think, to your point, uh, let's get into what didn't work mm-hmm. about this movie because I think uh, with the sentiments of, like you said, like the trailer, uh, I think is probably one of the big detriments to this movie. I personally, when I saw the trailer, I was expecting fast-paced Fincher. I yeah. was surprised when I walked out of this movie that I got a slow-paced, simple Fincher film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised by it. It did. I had to sit with it a little bit more, um, and I, I revisited some other films that I thought maybe kind of uh, emulated a similar style, like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zodiac was one that I, I watched. Even Panic Room to a certain degree. Um, and you can see that it's already been in his repertoire of doing these slow burn, simple stories. But I think again, the trailer does a really good job of selling you a high octane Fincher film, which this movie is more simple. And I think the most high octane moment is the very uh, interesting uh, opening credit scene that was very Fight Club-esque. Yeah. But it also added this made-for-TV It felt like a TV show. Yeah. Well, just it added a made-for-TV movie portion to it where it was like, (laughs) here's all the credits right up uh, up front. And I don't know if the reason why the structure of this film and the way it's designed is purposeful because there might want there there may be more stories but i don't think fincher's very much a a sequel guy i just don't know if you know the vibe of this one is really going to work for everyone especially if you're you're not necessarily a fincher fan maybe you're just someone who's gonna roll up on this on netflix i just i don't know if it's it's gonna hit that mark for everyone yeah, I think it's, you know, I think the structure reminds me a lot of a TV series. And Justin, you were mentioning, you know, after we got out of the theater that it might have worked better as a TV show and, and as as a Netflix series, like a limited, you know, five or six episode run. You know, there's there's six episodes, sorry, there's six chapters in an epilogue in this movie and they're they're broken up and, and they're broken up, you know, well enough. Um, but I think to the concept of to the sorry, the idea of pacing it would have maybe done better episodically. I think that's kind of where the movie lost me a little bit is I I felt like we were getting this really great slow burn introduction into the movie, but instead of doing, you know, what I guess would be the conventional thing of picking up the pace. And, you know, I think this is a moment where going against the grain or, or subverting your expectations that Fincher does masterfully with a lot of other elements of this movie he chooses to do that here in in the idea of like, well, no, we're just gonna keep the slow burn going. And I, I just I I kind of was 
bored at, at times, especially near like the middle of this movie. Um, and I think I think it's just one of those things that like it's maybe there's there's going to be people out there that are, you know, diehard Fincher fans that are going to be like, no, 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 this was this is exactly how I want this movie. And that's great for them. Um, for myself, I would consider myself a casual Fincher fan. Um, and uh, and it, it just didn't it didn't fully work for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think people are going to, you know, that are Fincher fans are going to look at this and eat it up. I've already seen people saying it's some of his best work. Yeah. Uh, it's probably one of his best films. I'm like, I definitely don't de- agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all power to you if you if you do believe that. Um, I do think, though, that this is, you know, definitely wholeheartedly a Fincher film stylistically. But it does feel like a return to simplicity and form. Yeah, for Fincher, rather than stylized, high octane energy that I I think is even apparent in the Social Network, right? Sure. Like it, it, the 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 pacing and the energy in that there was more energy there than at points here. But to your point and and what you said and, and this is what I've been thinking with is that it's so in the bubble of the killer. It's in his mind. We're not on the outside of uh, where we may see some of this high energy, which is on display in the trailer. It's definitely an outside perspective of yeah. this movie. And then when you get inside of it, you're inside the killer's mind. And I think that that's the difference. That's where I was able to understand the approach. But a trailer is usually used for marketing material. And like even as you were mentioning, like for yourself as a casual casual Fincher fan or and I'm going to even say people that have not even heard of Fincher right and are going to see this movie show up on Netflix and if they were to watch this trailer they may see a discrepancy in in the trailer and then in the experience so forewarning if you haven't seen a Fincher film that I think that the two are separate I think the 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 only other thing that just really didn't didn't work for me in terms of character development and and sort of character uh, motivation. I think is the the other characters that that the killer uh, are you know it sort of is are is motivated by essentially there is a specific character and a specific moment that is supposed to show why he's going on this this revenge story. And I just felt as though I wasn't invested in that part of the story because to your point, like the whole simplistic aspect of the movie is to keep you in that bubble. It's to keep you focused on the killer. And that's that's great. That 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 works. But in in a way, at least for myself, I found that it just sort of took away from this kind of understanding what his full motivation was throughout the movie. And I never really felt his drive because I didn't fully understand where he was coming from. And so I think it's, it's, it's simple and it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, I know a lot of people will actually probably prefer to know less uh, about the, the sort of the, the world that the killer belongs, you know, comes from. Uh, but it just didn't work for me. There was just a, an a- element to it and, and an aspect about it, um, especially just, uh, you know, in and around. And we're not going to give any spoilers, but just in terms of the ending, even uh, lost some impact for me just because I really didn't know the beginning, if if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, to your point, motive, motivation and understanding motive, that is very important to some people. Um, and I think that. There is obviously an instance where we are introduced as to what is motivating him to go on this sort of revenge story. Um, but we don't have enough information in terms of understanding the relationship with those characters. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it goes back to the idea, too. Like, this is an internal journey through the killer's mind. 
uh, as we were talking about, we, we spend a lot of time with Fassbender and it's sort of uncomfortable to hear his thoughts and to hear his understanding. Whereas a lot of the information that you're talking about, like validations of motivations and stuff like that, those are external factors. Those are things from the outside of the story, outside of his mind that would influence him. And I think the real purpose of this was to stay hyper-focused on the killer's mind. This even extends into the fact that, you know, we don't get any flashbacks. We don't get any sort of explanation to who this character is. This is all in the moment. It feels like it's happening, as you mentioned, over the course of a week or maybe a couple weeks. And I really do think it keeps this notion of simplicity, focus, structure, a method to telling this story. So, um, but yeah, I think with that said, let's get to our final thoughts and score, which uh, we're going to be giving a score out of one to five bullets. Okay. That is something that is used in the movie at one point. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for validating that You're welcome. for the listeners yes. so that they know bullets are bullets seen are in the movie <laughs> are in the movie they make a make a great cameo um i think yeah this is as we've been saying it's a david fincher ass david fincher movie for david fincher fans and i have i've enjoyed uh, some of his movies in the past um i can see so many influences from some of the other movies that i've I've seen, um, you know, especially like there is a great sort of aspect of narration as well, or not even narration, but just like, as you said, we're hearing the killer's sort of thoughts we're in his mind. We're in, we're his, in mind. his mind. And it's yeah. very, you know, that comes sort of from the fight club side, side of things. And I think um, I think this this movie, it, it perfectly fits within within the lineup of of his films. Um, I think it gives a really uneasy look at the daily life of one of the deadliest people having a terrible week uh and it it just it i think it helps to show that he's it's he's just eerily just like everyone else um i think the movie is filled to the brim with style and and uh it's got that fincher look and vibe and and, and michael fassbender is just he plays the role to perfection uh that said um i think for myself uh and i think for a lot of people the the pacing is going to be as we we're saying it's going to be tough to handle um the meticulousness of the killer himself means that a lot of moments you know sort of we, we're going to just sort of sit with him and it's going to be slowly waiting for him to make his next move or to buy something off amazon at one point uh or do yoga and just you know as he's preparing for the next big gut-wrenching kill and those kills when they hit they hit and it's almost like maybe the wait time is is so purposeful that that it's it's to make those moments even more impactful right it's to heighten them and that's that's great if if that that works for you i just for me i just needed a, a little bit more uh quickness um i think there's just going to be a little bit of a, a lack of accessibility for a lot of audiences who aren't as familiar with with his past work um due to that pacing and and I respect the decisions that he made with this movie, and it's. I do think it's a better movie that I'm going to give it a rating for. Um, I just don't enjoy some of the decisions that he made uh, with this movie. So it's it's really well produced. It's got an excellent cast, great writing, uh, a very fitting uh, soundtrack that just works perfectly for it. Um, so I can, I can respect it as a great movie. Um, and so for people like yourself that probably enjoyed it more than I did, this is going to seem uh, criminally low. Uh, but I'm going to give the killer a solid, and and it is on the high end of. Uh, but I'm going to give it a solid 3.5 out of five bullets. Awesome, yeah. Um, I think to a certain degree, 
the the pacing was surprising it was a little bit alarming again going off of the teaser trailer that definitely got me very hyped and excited to see the movie um, and expecting a very high energy David Fincher film but this was definitely a more simple a more focused David Fincher film mm -hmm. uh, that I just don't know if the trailer does justice at capturing <laughs> um, but that said I am in the in the in the bank of people who is a David Fincher fan and loves his work this movie screams David Fincher it's executed with style and precision similar to that of our titular character that is the killer you know Michael Fassbender is for all intents and purposes a callous and very calculated character you know he acts that with such confidence and the one thing I love is that he's not perfect as we were mentioning he's he's not some super spy killer right that thing he's he's very much you know stumbles and has mishaps and things that he needs to sort of sort out. Mm -hmm. um, but he's a twisted motherfucker. And, you know, we spend almost two hours with this character inside his mind. And it really does, again, hit home this idea that this movie is is less about the wow and pizzazz of the kills and the John Wick style of just how many people can we kill on screen at once? Like, he's not John Wick. This is just an everyday man who's a killer. And when we spend that time with this character and we see the moments when he kills to your point as you were mentioning it matters it matters who they are how his relationship with them is affected uh and of course the overall revenge story that plays out i really enjoyed this movie it's just so nice to see a return to form and style for fincher because i was not at all a huge fan of Mank. I think that that movie was stylistically nice, but it just I I did not enjoy that movie. It felt so different from the rest of, of Fincher's body of work. Whereas this feels at least closer to past styles and movies that we've gotten from David Fincher that I appreciate and love. So I'm gonna be giving this movie a four out of five bullets straight to the head. Woo jeez. <laughs> Yeah, not my head. Wow. But, you know, someone and else's head. Did you say wow and yazow at one point? Or pizzow? Pizzow. Pizzow. Yeah. <laughs> pizzow, bro. Yeah, that's a I word. It. I love it. I'm going to define that word. Well, look, that is it for our spoiler-free review for The Killer. Again, a huge thanks to Netflix Canada for inviting us out for the press screening so we could see this early and get our review to you nice and early even though the movie is out in theaters as of today october 27th but will be on netflix as of november 10th uh my last recommendation for this film is to actually go see it in theaters uh you know talking about the cinematography the sound design the score all needs to be experienced in the theater um i i think it, it deserves it um it's a david fincher movie so if you are a fan you know that it needs to be seen on a big screen um but you know we're not done talking about Michael Fassbender. In fact, we got more. We're, we're going to continue our Fassbender. <laughs> we're on a bender. Coming later in November, we will be posting our review for Next Goal Wins, Taika Waititi's latest movie, which stars Michael Fassbender. Uh, that movie's going to be hitting theaters November 17th, so expect that review uh, in and around that time, uh, probably the week of or week prior to. Um, but yeah, that's uh, a whole other movie, a whole other Fassbender very that vibe. we're going to be talking about. <laughs> uh, very different vibe, indeed. Yeah. But somehow, he still stays the same? 
We'll get into it uh, when we talk about it. But that's it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, leave a five-star review. We would love Please. to know your thoughts. Even just comment. Let us know what, what your thoughts are, how we can be better, if you like what we're doing. Uh, and if you if you don't want to do it there, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us uh, via email at, at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter uh, or the app formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. Yuck. X going to give it to you. Uh, you can reach us there at geekcentricyt. And you can reach out to us on Instagram, uh, on threads and on TikTok uh, at we are geek centric. We'd love to know uh, what you think. Uh, listen, we got a lot of other episodes out now for you to enjoy, like our spoiler-free review for Goosebumps episodes one to five. Uh, Tis the spooky season. We also got our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios Loki season two episodes one to four, with episode four out right now. We also got our spoiler-free review for The Creator, Gareth Edwards' latest film, which is in theaters now. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, they're available for you to enjoy. But we do have new content on the way, such as our Watch Club for Loki Season 2. Episodes 1 to 4 we will be dropping that next week. Full spoiler discussion on those first four episodes now that we are all caught up from our spoiler-free review. Uh, but also speaking about Loki Season 2, we do have some interviews. One interview is out right now on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric where I sat down with the director of Episode 2. Uh, Dan DeLue, uh, we talk about his uh, background as a visual effects artist and transitioning into director. And I also have two more interviews on the way uh, with the director from episode three and the costume designer from Loki season two, uh, which were really fun conversations to have. We got more interviews on the way, so be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you know when our latest videos drop. But we'll also be posting them here on all podcast feeds. But there's so much more. The Marvels is just around the corner. The new Hunger Games prequel movie is just around the corner. Invincible Season 2. The new Apple TV Plus series show Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We're covering that as well. Uh, so, so much to look forward to. But until then, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free review. Thank you for having me and not killing me. Of course, yes. Well... You know, it would be pretty silly for me to try to kill you on this podcast. I don't even know how to do it, but I guess I'd figure a way out. But until next time, as we say, love ya. Peace. <laughs>